Welcome to the Earning the Push podcast, I'm Jack Murley, and each and every week myself and co-host, professional rugby player Charlie Beckett, cast our eye over everything happening inside and outside the squared circle in a wrestling podcast made by fans for fans. Coming up this week, it's a match that many have dreamed of for years, and we're finally going to get it at the Royal Rumble. As WWE builds towards Lashley vs Lesnar in St. Louis, we look at how the pot has been stirred so far, and with Seth Rollins going to SmackDown to challenge Roman Reigns for the Universal title, whether the brand split is blurring the lines already. AEW have united Dr. Britt Baker and Adam Cole on screen, and laid out the next challenger for Hangman's world title in the form of Lance Archer. We talk about that and touch on a promising start to 2022 for Impact Wrestling. There's our first bit of Royal Rumble fantasy booking, including one idea that Charlie really doesn't like, plus Queer Eye, Hedgehogs, Bed Building and more. All coming up right now on Earning the Push. Rock on Smackdown and Raw has been the best fun in wrestling all week. I said I tweeted, I think, on Saturday after the Smackdown or maybe on Tuesday after Raw, I can't remember which one saying, and you, you know this, 2018-19, Charlie, will not believe I'm saying this, because we did our old show and I used to hate him. But Brock Lesnar's my favourite thing in wrestling right now. He is incredible, and you can just tell he's having the time of his life. That's how we're getting the best Brock. We're, we're getting the best out of him because he's just having fun. He's doing what we hoped he would do when he was paired back with Paul Heyman as well, which is he's not fading into the background as if Brock could he's actually carrying on with his character we saw manifested when when Heyman was with Reigns. And it's great. It's a different dynamic, but it really, really works. I mean, I never thought I would enjoy Brock Lesnar telling knock-knock jokes as much as I did. Genuinely good. That, I actually thought that face-off with Bobby Lashley was brilliant because it was exactly what it should be. It was Bobby, who's an absolute alpha male in his own right. Of course he thinks Brock's been ducking him. Of course he thinks that because in his head, he is the, the alpha male, the superior athlete. And just Brock being like, and who are you? Sorry, who are you? When he said, I've been winning titles in this ring and other rings for the last 20 years, obviously meaning they've both been in WWE, they've both been in MMA, etc., all these places. And he just said, if we haven't crossed paths, that's on me, that's on you. You've just never been at my level. I was like, oh, that's such a good line because Brock has been at the absolute top of the two industries Bobby's been in the last 20 years. And yeah, that kind of is true. Bobby Lashley hasn't been at that level. He wasn't a UFC world champion. He's only had one world title run in WWE. He's only now at the main event level after 15 years. So actually, yeah, that was actually true. And what we've got is a, it's a weird situation in a way because you're coming into a match that's both cold and which people have spent years wanting to see. We didn't think we'd be suddenly getting Lashley versus Brock at the Rumble, and yet that's where we are. They're having to build to it really quickly, and yet I could see an argument that this goes on last after both Rumble matches. I mean, it's that big a match. I absolutely could. It just crossed my mind that I'd open with it, because how hot and open is that? Just an absolute 15-minute hoss fight. As, As Big E would say, big, meaty men slapping meat as he would say. That, that, that I'd go first, because I think you're going you're gonna to close with Reigns, Rollins, or Rumble match. And I, I always think the Rumble pay-per-view should close a Rumble match. That's my, that's my personal thoughts. Whatever Rumble match is bigger, I would always close that. They, we'll be sure we'll get onto it, but the women's match is going to be short of surprises now because we got them on Raw, which mm. is interesting. 
But I, I, I could see the men's rubber match closing and maybe the Rollins-Reigns match breaking them up. But also, they like to open with a rubber match nowadays, don't they? So they'll probably open with the women's. But it's already become a bit of a stacked card, which I'm excited about. It's my favourite pay-per-view of the year, Rumble. It's my favourite of the year. It, it is the road to WrestleMania is, is on as soon as that first buzzer goes at the Royal Rumble. I think where they put the matches depends on what their plan is. And it still looks like we're going for Lesnar Reigns at WrestleMania because we had on SmackDown, as you said, another superb segment with Paul Heyman, Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. Isn't it amazing? We've seen these two face to face for the best part of, you know, six, seven years and yet it's, it feels so fresh to have this dynamic with Lesnar and Reigns. Yeah, we've never seen this Lesnar and this Reigns, have we? And also, we've never had Paul Heyman caught in the middle. When they were both like, don't you talk to him like that? I was like, oh my God, this is a love triangle. Jack's right. Jack's been right this whole time. It is a love triangle. Don't you talk to him like that? I was like, oh, that's what like, an ex-girlfriend says to a new girlfriend speaking to a boyfriend. That, that That's what happens here. It was absolutely brilliant. And... When I just love when Rome was like, it's a good idea. Not my idea. And we do my ideas around here. And I was like, yeah, you are the boss. They do do what you say around here. Absolutely. I mean, the amount of charisma, because we're so high on this version of Brock in his sheepskin sort of fleece and his winking and his man bun, I don't think we should forget. the. I mean, Roman Reigns just comes out there and it's dripping out of his paws, mm. this charisma. I mean, he can convey in a look now more than any scripted promo that was written for him during that first three, four years of his babyface run. That T-shirt he's wearing as well. I, I, the needle mover one that just, I think it goes, jobber, mid-carder, main eventer, tribal chief. And I'm just like, that's just so good. So good. And How thought, though, you can't do Reigns Lesnar at the Rumble, because where, uh, at, at Mania, where does the Rumble winner go? So here's what I think. Here's what I think is going to happen. I think what we get is Bobby uh, Biggie wins the Rumble. Now, this isn't how I'll book it later, but yeah. I think Biggie wins the Rumble. And I think that what we have is the Usos cost Brock Lesnar, the WWE Championship against Lashley. So that gets the title off Brock onto Lashley. And then we get a DQ finish in the Rollins-Reigns match where Lesnar just comes down and annihilates Roman Reigns. And that's how we get the titles where they need to be to get them together. Because then Lesnar chasing Reigns. Let's see if I got this right. Yep. And then you've got Big E winning the Rumble, going for Lashley. And that's where we shake out to. But you're right. It's a bloody complicated net of storylines at WWE. Yeah, they can't do a unification match because then where does your Rumble winner go? Unless they somehow lose their Rumble chance along the way or something like that. So, yeah, I could absolutely see that playing out. I could absolutely see that because I think they, we definitely are going to get Reigns-Lesnar in some, some respect. It's just how we do it. How do we feel about Seth Rollins? I'm right in thinking he's jumped brands to, to suddenly challenge for the universal title i mean i'm not i'm not imagining that i, I that is suddenly the brand split's gone so obviously they've had to call an audible obviously because it looks like we were probably going to run with reigns lesnar by the looks of things weren't we because they've had to call this audible but yeah there, there are enough options on smackdown you could have chosen someone to fill a gap but nope let's just send seth over there and will we will we acknowledge that he's jump ship nope we'll just ignore it how good was the knock on the door the shield knock, yeah, yeah. that that and was good. Roman's face being like, 
Only two people know that. Yeah, it was very good. I mean, imagine if John Moxley walked in and that would have blown your mind. That would have been something. But, and this is where wrestling logic is so strange. Imagine you are the champion. A random man knocks at your door. You think, oh, I know this guy. And then he doesn't say anything for 20 seconds. He just laughs at you. You sort of wonder what happens in that room when the cameras go off. Is Roman like, all right, Seth? He's like, yeah, yeah, you probably guessed I'm challenging you for the title. You know, it yeah. just bizarre, bizarre wrestling logic. Are you excited about that match or is it a needs must? It'll be a brilliant match. I've got no doubt, no doubt whatsoever. They're two of the best. I, my excitement for the story will depend on how they build it in the next few weeks. If they lean into their history, if they lean right in and give me callbacks to the Shield and these sort of things, and then, yeah, I'll get excited. If they ignore that because they don't want to talk about the Shield because Dean Ambrose ain't around anymore and we just get... Oh, I'm Seth freaking Rollins. No, I'm the tribal chief. Ooh, I don't like you. But I'll be like, well, lads, just have a match. Just have a match now because that's all it's going to be. But I could get excited. It depends how they depends how they decide to tell the story. Do you not think it's a missed opportunity? Because the Rumble is is traditionally where non-top tier baby faces got a little bit of rub. I mean, I can remember back in the day, Jeff Hardy against Randy Orton at Madison Square Garden at that Rumble in, I think, 2007, 2008. I can remember one very weird year where Hardcore Holly challenged Brock Lesnar for, for the title. I mean, I do think if, you, if you've got Roman there, and maybe this goes back to the mid-card not being what it needs to be, but this was an opportunity, I do think, to give someone else, a baby face on SmackDown, the chance to just get a little bit of shine against Roman. Who would you have them? Well, that's a problem. I mean, in, in another world, you could have looked and said, right, Shinsuke Nakamura, let's, yeah. let's, let's do something there. You could even, if you're going to go heel versus heel, I wouldn't be mad at Sami Zayn against... I would love that. I'd love Sami Zayn. But it looks like he's, he's going back after the IC title. So I think I read... In my, I can't remember who it was. I've got to be better at this. I say this every time. Saying since Nakamura won the IC title, it hasn't been defended on paper. Oh, sorry, on premium live event. Don't get into premium live, by the way, because we've had messages about premium live, and we may have some people listening to this hearing you talk about big meaty men slapping together and think it's a different kind of podcast. You know? Okay, he hasn't been defended on pay per view, which yeah. is bonkers. What is that about? Genuinely. It's. A, I feel like we're a broken record here, but but I do feel it's a type of opportunity where if you'd have just built even a sniff of a different sort of baby face, this is where you could have plugged them in and you wouldn't have to muddy the waters with the brand split and you wouldn't have to do heel versus heel in this way. Um, but it's going to bang. It's going. The Rumble yeah. always, always delivers. We'll get on to the Rumble matches in a bit. Um, nice little story on Monday Night Raw, I thought. Alpha Academy going over on RK Bro to win the Raw tag titles and a nice bit of backstory there as well. Yeah, I was very nondescript about this until I read Chad Gable's Twitter, where he, and if you haven't, go, go and read it. It'll take you 30 seconds. It's just a nice little thing that he's written saying, I didn't realise him and Otis have been friends for a long, long time. I think Chad might have trained, they trained together to try and go to the Olympics. Obviously, Chad Gable did go. I don't think Otis did. They've been friends since about 2011, so 10, 10 11 years now. And when they got paired together as a tag team, like they made this pact that they were going to work as hard as they could and become champions and, Chad Gable sent him a jokey message saying, oh, there's, a, there's a house down the road for me for sale. And three days later, I bought it. And now they train together in Chad's garage every day. And just a really nice story, like two really good mates who I didn't realise were really good. I know what it's like when I get to play with my best mate on the pitch. Like, it's always better when you've got your best mates around you. And when you get wins with them, it always feels better. So you can only imagine how nice a moment that would have been for those two. And it's the start of the RK Bro split up story, isn't it? This is the one we knew was coming. 
Yeah, if we had a banker for WrestleMania, this is going to be the banker. It sort of is a bugbear of mine at the moment that, that we see quite good storytelling for both WWE and AEW play out on social media, and it doesn't really appear on television. And there's an example of this. Before last week's AEW title match between Brian Danielson and Hangman Adam Page, there was this amazing, amazing six-minute video package that AEW produced and put on their Twitter that I was expecting to see on Dynamite because it got me so hyped for the match. And we just came into it cold. And now we see uh, Chad Gable putting out this story and sure, he's meant to be a heel. It's a bit of a babyface story. But stuff like that can really invest you in stories. And we seem to just be throwing quite a lot of stuff just online. Now kayfabe is, is shattered. Lean into real life. Like 10 years ago, we wouldn't have had it, but lean into the real life. I I want to know that these guys have worked hard together for this long. I want to know how much it means in their real life because as much as it is storytelling, as much as it is the powers that be choose who gets what, these guys are professional athletes who have sacrificed so much to get these these accolades that it's going to mean the world when it happens. Those, those reactions you get in the ring when they win titles, they aren't fake. There's no acting there. So tell me that story because that, that's what gets me invested. Yeah, and particularly when we don't know that much about Alpha Academy. I mean, we just, they're there, they're good, they're a good unit, they're now the champs, but there's not a huge amount more. If you put a gun to my head, if Arn Anderson got out his Glock and said, that was Glock for everyone listening at home, and said, uh, what what three words can you tell us about old Alpha Academy? Uh, I don't know, but that would have helped. I'm actually going to look to see what they do now, whereas before I couldn't have cared less. Speaking of couldn't have cared less... Interesting hype for the Royal Rumble that has drawn some uh, some attention on social media, particularly with the Women's Royal Rumble. WWE sort of casually throwing out there, again, in, in promos, really, but with no hype, the likes of Lita and Mickie James coming for the Women's Royal Rumble. And that's drawn some attention on social media about whether they should have hyped that before the match or it should have been a surprise and sort of the casual way they've done it as well. What do you think? It's an interesting one because it's got people talking about women's rumble beforehand that maybe we weren't because I think the women's, as much as we say the men's division on WWE has no mid-card, I think the women's division's in a bit of a sorry way at the moment. I couldn't really tell you a story going on, genuinely not a single one really. And you look at where it was maybe two years ago and it was the best thing in WWE. So it's got people talking about it, which is good. I understand, given some of that, for example, I could understand why Impact would have wanted Mickey James to be announced before, because so many people are going and looking at Impact, which mm. is doing some quite good things at the moment, actually. Impact Wrestling has got my attention a little bit for the first time in years. Yeah. But would I have thrown out the announcement that the Bellas are coming back, that Lito, that my own Michelle McCool, that my own WWE legends are coming back? Probably not. I would have kept some of them a few aces up my sleeve and been like, oh, I'll get that pop when they come. Because imagine hearing the Bellas music for the first time, however long, at the Rumble. Now we know it's coming. It's it, that that's strange, but maybe it's business being like, oh well, we're not actually going to announce the legend from another company. We've got to announce ours as well. Also, interesting move they've gone back to get Mickey James for the Rumble. Uh, that's yeah. a very non WWE thing to do. Well, wasn't it last week we were talking about whether it helps or hurts to throw out the names of other companies on AEW? Yeah. And it's almost as if they listen in Stanford. I'm sure they do because they've suddenly gone out and they've got Mickey James. I'm sure that there is an element of Mickey wanting to, quote, continue her WWE career in the right way after the controversy about being let go and trash bags and what have you that we don't need to, to get into. But it, it's interesting to see WWE sort of poking a toe through that forbidden door that AEW's cracked open a touch. 
Yeah, it's it's the first time we've seen them do it. It's it's another company's current champion wrestling in one of WWE's biggest matches of the year. And there's no way on commentary they can't say, and that's Impact Knockout Champion Mickey. They have to acknowledge that. They have to. So it's it's huge. It's huge. Also, we're talking about we talk a lot on this show about stakes. Right. Wrestling, if you're going to invest in it at all, you have to believe these people are dressing up in their spandex and throwing themselves about for a purpose. Wouldn't it have been better just to do a minute promo with Lita? I'm coming back to main event WrestleMania. It's the one thing I've not done in my Hall of Fame career. Or to do something like that with the Bellas. If you've got to pre-announce it, give me a reason why these legends are coming back. Because otherwise, we know they're not going to win. So yeah. you literally just said, hey, you'll pop for these guys. I mean, I just, I, I don't know if it's lazy. I don't know if I see things differently. I just sort of thought there was more that could have been done there. I totally agree. I'll tell you who I think is winning the Women's Rumble. Go on. I think, who I think it should be is Liv Morgan. But I reckon Beth Phoenix is winning it. I think she's she's back, isn't she? She's doing a bit of wrestling. It's round Rumble season. I think we're going to see her. It looks like her and Edge are going to wrestle Miz and Reese. I think they are on the show. I think then we will see her in the Women's Rumble. I think she will win it. I think she's back for a little bit of a run. I have to say that one of my, it's not even a guilty pleasure. I just love seeing it. Beth Phoenix and Edge's entrance. That so is, good. that, I mean, you look at them, we're both happy in our relationships, but you look at them and go, that's a sexy couple. That's a yeah. good couple. That's a charismatic I, couple. I look at it. I then, I then are filled with anger and angst with my partner for not wanting to do wrestling entrances with me. I'm like, <laughs> why don't we have a wrestling entrance? Why don't we walk down the ramp to twenty thousand screaming? Why I'm staring at her in bed? I just like, why don't you love me enough to do that? You know, the next time you go to Lidl or Aldi or something, you're going to have to have a word with them and just say, look, over the tannoy, you'll see us pull up in the car park when the sliding doors open hit metalingus let's let's do this now i'm like i just need all the lights off at once all of them off I, I said i'll say i'll take care of the rest just get all the lights off it is the curse of having a partner who doesn't like wrestling is you sort of go come on this will be fun and they just go what what the hell are you talking about hey speaking of rumbles don't love charlotte flair entering the women's royal rumble no nope. love them cheapening nope. the concept of picking your own opponent no thank you no charlotte go away what are you doing? Go and defend a title. But that, I think that screams what, an, what a problem the women's division is in. Because they can't even think of anyone to challenge her at the Rumble. So at the moment, the women's division is Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair. Which is hideous. Because look at the talent there. Like, what's Zelina Vega done since she won the Queen's Crown? Which, why, why wasn't that called Queen of the Ring, by the way? Because it doesn't rhyme. Where's Asuka? Well, I was thinking this the other day. Because after I asked the Street Profits, they popped up on Raw. So I'm hoping this happens again. I'm manifesting this. Where the bloody hell is Asuka? Yeah, it's you, you've got all this talent, all this talent, that just WWE is not doing enough with on the woman's side of thing. And look, if, if your argument is we need to get Charlotte Flair on one of our tentpole pay-per-views and we've not got much time because we've got two Rumble matches and two title matches and if she's the equivalent of the World Championship in the women's division, then we got to get her on. I get that. But don't just bung her into the Rumble match. It makes no sense. The Rumble's to determine the challenger, not for the champion to determine. It just doesn't work for me. No, not at all. I just love someone to chuck her out straight away and be like, get out of here. You do not belong in here. 
<laughs> well, let's move on to AEW. Uh, we're on the road towards Beach Break in Cleveland, Ohio, the home of one Johnny Gargano, by the way. Let's not forget that. Sammy Guevara, the interim TNT champion. Adam Cole, the number one contender. Although on Dynamite, we saw the return of Lance Archer attacking Hangman Adam Page and the debut of Ring of Honor, or formerly of Ring of Honor's, Brody King. Uh, a big couple of shows for AEW. They seem to be giving us wrestling most nights. We had Dynamite, Rampage, Battle of the Belts. How, how do you feel about these interim titles in wrestling? I, I don't love them in general, but I thought it would, they did very well to get themselves out of a pretty sticky situation there. Unfortunately, it looked like Cody got a real-life injury, which meant he couldn't wrestle Sammy. So, yeah, have someone wrestle on his behalf, and if Sammy wins his interim, then Cody has to defend against him. But he has to have something more than being a more contender, doesn't he? Just a word for Dustin Rhodes, yes. by the way. Canadian destroyer through a table off the apron. All right, Dustin, you're in your mid-50s. You absolute animal. You crazy man. Crazy, crazy man. We talk about Sting a lot being in his early 60s and the fact he's come back. And Sting is great. What The way AEW have booked Sting is fantastic. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. What, what Dustin Rhodes is doing just a few years behind Sting is absolutely extraordinary. Sting wrestles in a different way to when he was in his prime. And that is completely understandable. He is approaching retirement age in the UK and he's had some hideous injuries. Dustin Rhodes is a few years younger and maybe wrestling the best and most physical style he ever has. And it's crazy. Still one of my, we've never spoken about the podcast because it's years ago, but one of my favourite matches ever is Cody versus Dustin, that bloodbath. Oh. And that was the first time that I really sat up because I never really saw Gold Dust. That was a little bit before me. So I sat up and went, Oh, Dustin Rhodes is really good at wrestling. He's really good. And this AEW run has just, he's a Hall of Famer more for his character work as Gold Dust. This has solidified what a good technician he is and how he can still go. It's brilliant. And you can just see, can't you? I talk a lot about this because I think I learned this in my own career. Like you, you perform your best, I think, truly. And you probably agree this in your work when you're having fun. I truly believe that. And you see that in Dustin Rhodes. Actually, unfortunately for WWE, you see that in a lot of people when they go to AEW. You actually understand how little fun they were having in WWE. And when the shackles are off, think John Moxley, Adam Cole, Dustin Rhodes, they, they actually perform better. And Dustin made Sammy better mm. by making... And Sammy's great, but he made Sammy slow down and he made things mean more. And I thought, yeah, do you know what? Sammy's gone to finishing school with Dustin Rhodes. I wouldn't be mad about seeing seeing more of that. And we saw on Dynamite the return of Lance Archer. We were kicking around last week, where does Hangman Adam Page go? Well, it looks like he's got an interim feud with the Murderhawk monster, who I, I'll be honest, completely forgot was on the roster, such as the depth of AEW. When he charged to the ring, I thought, oh, yeah, you work here still. Yeah, exactly. And that's almost an issue, but almost credit to them as well, because actually... You don't want to see them every week. If there's nothing for them, don't put them on my telly. I'm a big believer in that. Don't put them on just for the sake of it. So if we haven't seen him for a while. Brilliant. Like We won't see Danielson for a while, I don't think. I'm not mad about that. After Punk finishes MJF, I don't mind if I don't see him for a while. Like There's enough there that if you've got nothing good for them, don't give me it on AEW because you don't need to. And amazingly, you've got 20,000 hours of television a week, AEW, and you still don't need to put everyone on it. Because, oh my God, I didn't realise... I saw an advert for Battle of the Belts. I was like, what's this? This has slipped through. What, what show's this? I was like, we've just had Rampage. Like, what's, 
there's just so much AEW wrestling. It's not a bad thing because they've got the talent to fill it, but it is hard to watch it all. I'll go back again, though. Focus, 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 AEW. I, I, I respect what Matt Hardy has done across multiple, multiple federations, across multiple decades. I don't need to be seeing him on my TV as much as I do. I want you to focus. I, I want Here's what I want Tony Khan to do. Sit down of your roster. Pick your 20 guys that you're going to make 2022 about. Your 20 guys and girls, Thunder Rosa, Britt Baker, Adam Cole. And I want that to be where the focus is. I don't need to... I, I'm a broken record every week, but I do... Dynamite this week, great first hour. What was there for me in the second yeah. hour, yeah. really, to stick around for? I tell you what I want to, just cross my mind now, you've given the idea. I need to see Hook Dustin Rhodes at some point. Oh, On his on his climb up the ladder, he has to cross paths with Dustin at some point, doesn't he? And Dustin has to slow him down and really challenge him. And yes, Hook has to win. He really has to challenge him where he hasn't before. Because... They've got lightning in a bottle again with Hook and this story here they can tell with him. And you just like you, you gave it just a year-long climb up the ladder he's ready to challenge whoever the champion is. I don't want to see him in the TNT Championship. I don't want to see him near anything but the AEW World Championship eventually. And it has to be a climb up that. And somewhere on that has to be a real long 20-minute war with Dustin Rhodes. Do you know what I would do as well? And this is going to sound controversial. I would find a way for Hook to lose fairly early on yeah. i don't i don't need a goldberg streak for hook now if hook loses because he doesn't release a hold and the decision is reversed that's fine if he loses because he's too aggressive because he puts someone through a table on the outside and gets disqualified i'm fine with that but i think in a weird way hook losing helps hook get better or if he gets too arrogant too cocky and uh, an experienced vet beats him Oh, no, I don't Someone want to see like... that. No? No, no, I don't want to... I, sorry to cut across you. I don't, okay, I, no, it's I'm fine. Very... You, were very, you were very firm on that. That's <laughs> the very... firmest I've seen Jack Murley. No, no, don't want to see that. I'm very protective of young Hook. Um, and I... But is that, not, is that not how, as a young athlete, is that not how you learn and you curb somebody? Like, someone experienced beat you because of a mistake. Yes, it is. But I don't want to see Hook making mistakes. I, I, I think... <laughs> I, hear me out here. I feel so, I feel so guilty saying that because people will just go, yeah, you're just thirsty for Hook. And there's an element. There's an element of that. However, I just think make him seem like a prodigy. Make him seem like the guy who whose only mistakes are his temper or his anger or he's just too vicious or he just doesn't care about wins or losses. If he loses, I want it to be... By, by him and something he's done rather than um, someone outsmarting him. Now, there may, there may be a way to do it because we saw with Wardlow, CM Punk and MJF mm. on Dynamite, really clever way to give MJF, yeah. uh, give Wardlow a loss while still keeping him bubbling up with MJF. How excited are you to see Wardlow absolutely batter MJF one day? Like genuinely rip him apart. Like, I want to be worried for the health of the man, MJF, not the character, when Wardlow snaps on him. We're all here for one reason, right? We love wrestling, and we love talking about wrestling. And the way you can help us keep doing that is simple. Just hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening today, and if you can, rate and review us as well. And don't forget, word of mouth is the best way to keep us growing. So if you enjoy this show, pass it on and tell others about what we do. And now, back to the pod.
let's just give a little mention before we move on to a little bit of fancy booking to Impact Wrestling. Really tough time for them in the pandemic, as for everyone. Very tough given that Impact, it, its common knowledge, had some financial difficulties. There were question marks about whether they would continue going. They've got Scott Demore at the helm. They've got Tom Hannifan, the former Tom Phillips, on um, commentary. I haven't seen the whole event. I've seen highlights. Really liked what I saw of Hard to Kill. Yeah, the bits I've seen, again, I've only seen bits on socials and um, little clips, but it looked really good. And I always think as a wrestling company, if you want people to take you seriously, have someone credible as your main man on commentary, on pre on presenting. And Tom Hannafan, is he going as now? Tom Hannafan? Yeah. The former Tom Phillips does that. I think he's brilliant at his job. I think he's a brilliant commentator, brilliant presenter. AEW did it straight away with JR, didn't they? You want credibility straight away. People want to switch onto your show and go, I know this voice. I, I, I understand this. Um, so really, really, really good move for them. But we have some as well, speaking about commentators, a certain commentator might be getting back in the ring, mightn't he? Yes, Corey Graves has allegedly been cleared for an in-ring return, which makes it seem like odds on at the Rumble, the buzz Of all times, go. yes, of all times in the year. Yeah, and, and look, good luck to him because he, he never really got his chance in NXT just as that was beginning to bubble up, he he yeah. had this, you know, took out of commission with the injury and, and the subsequent medical difficulties. Um, your heart just goes out to him for that, and you think, good luck to him getting back in the ring. Whether it's permanent or not remains yeah, to be I, seen. I've never seen him wrestle, so I because I wasn't watching NXT when he was around, so I don't know what he's like. But if he's if he's half as good as he is at commentary, he'd be a good wrestler. The hilarious thing is, though, there'll be a huge pop for Corey Graves at the Rumble if he comes out. I don't know what his music is. His music's going to start, I'm like, who's this? And then he'll come out and be like, ah, it's Corey. Do you think I they do it that way, though? I, uh, because I... Do you think I, he gets out of commentary? Does he yeah. say, yeah, yeah, does a Michael Cole? Yeah, that's what I... Because otherwise, if he's not there, then you look and you yes, go, well, no, I wonder where Corey is. That's, that's very true. Speaking of the Rumble... Some fantasy booking of the Royal Rumble coming up. Uh, remember, we'd like yours, please. Charlie underscore Beckett, Jack underscore Murley. And um, by the way, thank you for your nice feedback about the pod and our move of time as well. Um, we like Dan, who uh, said, listen to the podcast for the first time all the way through. Love the chemistry between Jack and Charlie. Stay grumpy, lads. Now, um, I don't feel like we're especially grumpy. No, nor do I. I think we're lovely and full of light and joy every week. I was thinking about it because um, my, my better half asked me why we changed uh, recording time. I said, oh, it means we can talk about AEW on a Wednesday night, so we don't miss that. I just went, isn't there something on a Friday night, though? I said, yeah, I won't, I won't lie. There's not a good time in the week to do this. You're always a day before something. Yeah, I mean, I think it's telling that we, we used to do it on, on that day so we could fit in NXT reaction. And yes, well, one. no, not anymore. Not so, anymore. Sorry, NXT. Uh, so look, Charlie underscore Beckett, Jack underscore Murley. We're doing Royal Rumble booking, your predictions, who you'd like to see appear. Charlie's next week and some of yours, mine this week. Uh, let's go with the men's. And what I'm going to give you is the final four, some surprise entrance and some storylines, and then I'll do the same for the women's. Okay. Love it. My winner in my fantasy booking for the Royal Rumble is AJ Styles. Yeah, let's get him back up there. I saw you, you tweeted this, you tweeted you'd love to see him, see him win this, so I saw this one coming. It was because you reminded me a couple of weeks back, and my God, how are we in a situation where we need to be reminded about AJ Styles? But I thought, blimey, he, he's done it all. He's had amazing matches at SummerSlam, at the Rumble, at Survivor Series. Yes, he had the Boneyard match with The Undertaker, but has AJ Styles really had a WrestleMania moment? I personally don't think so well he had the really disappointing one with nakamura didn't he because yeah. 
I watched the only New Japan match I've ever watched is their legendary one from Wrestle Kingdom 9. And it's incredible. And the fact that it's Japanese commentary doesn't even take me out of it. And I was so excited for that Mania match at 34. And it was just like, oh. So he does need a WrestleMania match to hang his hat on. And I think AJ Styles is is going to be your uber baby face. I'm having Lashley uh, win the title. So that's where we're going. Uh, my final four, Sami Zayn, Tomasa Ciampa, AJ Styles, and William Regal. Yes. Now, yes. This, is, this is contingent on William Regal having enough in the tank and being smart enough to get himself through a Rumble match from a certain point. But... Wouldn't you just think that man deserves that moment? So I'm going to come down to a last two of AJ Styles and William Regal. Good, right? Yes, I like it. How long's William? How long's Mr. Regal in the Rumble for? Probably coming in about 17 or 18. Yeah, sort of sense. that that type of type of area. Um, I'm going to have surprise entrance of Eric Rowan and Kane just for a bit of fun. Yeah. Some big lads in there. Always love Kane in the Rumble. And I'm going to have a, a guest ring announcer as well of Tony Chimmel. Just, okay. Just yeah. because, why not? Because if we're having guest entrance, I want a guest ring announcer of Tony Chimmel. And in terms of storylines I'm looking to weave through, um, obviously I'm going to have William Regal's return. And my goodness, could this be, could this old scoundrel finally get a WrestleMania main event? I'm also going to have Finn Balor go from number one to the final five and get eliminated by Champa and then come back, turn heel and eliminate Champa from the match, take him out, so we get, get a heel Finn Balor against Tommaso Champa on the main roster. I think that would be very nice. And I'm going to have Sami Zayn enter number two and probably get all the way to sort of the final six, final seven, and then have Sami go over the top rope, have one foot touch the ground, but the referees say two feet touch the ground, and Sami Zayn's going to get eliminated and going to add to his conspiracy theory. So those are my sort of stories I'm weaving through the men's Royal Rumble. That's what I'm going to go for. I like that a lot. I very much enjoy that. That would be a good Rumble. I would watch that. Good, because I'm, I've no idea how you're going to feel about my women's Royal Rumble. Oh, God, that worries me. My final four, Sasha Banks. Yeah. Uh, Sh- yep. yep. Shayna Baszler. Yeah. Ronda Rousey. Yeah. And Stephanie McMahon. No. No, 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 no. You've lost me. You've <laughs> lost me. I don't need to see. I don't need to see her ever again on my screen. I'm going to try and win you back here. Stephanie comes out as a complete surprise. Complete surprise. A nightmare. Sh- yep. Shayna Baszler is her hired muscle in the Rumble. So Stephanie, oh God, the face is Charlie's pulling. This is a hard sell. This is like Mae Young's hand level of hard oh, sell. Oh, God, no, not quite that. Not quite that. I'm going to change it. The Rumble's won by Mae Young's hand. <laughs> Shayna Baszler is Steph's hired muscle. Stephanie McMahon enters with Shayna, and she looks like she's going to win it, and it comes down to the number 30 entrant, who is Ronda Rousey, who throws over Shayna Baszler and then eliminates Stephanie McMahon and Ronda Rousey wins the Rumble. We get somehow the title on Shayna Baszler and we get a Rousey-Baszler heel versus babyface. You've got Steph with Shayna to heat uh, Shayna up so we can get that match at WrestleMania. That's probably where I'm going to go. 
I love Ronda winning it, and if they can get her back, get her in, get it, get it won. If Ron, and I, I love the idea of a Ronda Rousey Shayna Baszler match because I think Shayna Baszler's lost in the shuffle at the moment. She's a she's amazing. But if Ronda Rousey wins the Rumble, there's only one match I want to see at Mania, and that's her Becky. That's yeah. it. That one on one, and then have Ronda go over and give me a good title run again. That that that's what I'd like, and have a big feud Baszler. I like Ronda winning it. I just don't need Stephanie McMahon in my wrestling at all. Oh come on! Because the reason I, I can say, see it, I can see it. I just she's she has go away heat to me. But but there's there's no stories in in the women's division. If you want to inject instant story, you have that as a surprise entrance, or you have someone attacked backstage by Shayna, and then Stephanie sort of appears in shot in her ring gear, looks at the camera, and then her music hits, and in she goes. You can't tell me you wouldn't be intrigued. Oh, I don't know. I just don't want to see it. Okay. Well, it's not going to happen. I mean, I will. No, no, no. I'll... And you know what? This one's fancy booking. We're allowed different ones. I'll eat my earning the push branded mug if that does happen. Uh, so look, that's my fancy booking for this week. Charlie's is next week, and some of yours as well. You got you got ideas sort of floating around? Yes. Yeah. I've got I've got the notes section of my phone has lots of random ideas on it at the moment. That I need to thin down to my actual ideas. Sitting in your shed doing your notes. Well, oh, my shed's not finished yet, Jack. Okay. Well, we mentioned the shed because this is a part where we send something back to developmental. Last week it was Charlie's shed, and we give something the push, first or second for you? I'll go first this week. Okay, what have you got? Back to developmental. It's a little bit of a serious one. It's January. Uh, lots of people's New Year's resolutions are to get in the gym more, to get more active. Anyone who is making anyone new in a gym feel uncomfortable for any reason, get in the bin. Go away. Yes, I know it's a little bit annoying because you're a little bit busier than usual. Embrace it. Yes, I know there'll be a few people who look like they're not 100% sure what they're doing and they might be doing funny things on machines or not have the right form. Rather than laugh at them or, God forbid, you video them and post it, and be like, how funny is this? Go and help them. Be kind. If you know what you're doing, be kind and go and offer some advice and help or just leave them to it. Because you know what? You don't know how hard it might be for these people to step foot in a gym. And the last thing, they're, all they're trying to do is bet themselves, be healthier. And the last thing they need is someone judging them and being cruel and mean. So anyone who's making anyone in the gym at any point in the year feel uncomfortable, but especially January, there's a lot of new people in there. I think you take a real hard look at yourself. Because I've seen it in my gym this week, people st st staring a little bit and laughing. And you're like, lads, stop it. It's always lads. Like, get a grip yourself. It's there's horrible. Lots, there's lots on social media as well of people saying, I really appreciate people trying to get fit, but do they have to do it at my gym? All right. You don't own the gym. Yeah. You know, and also, you weren't born looking like that unless you're Brock Lesnar with your two-tone, two-tier chest, which I still don't understand. Yeah, yeah, saw that this week. I don't yeah. know how he has two chests. Unless you're Brock, you're not born with that physique. So I'm 100% with you on that. Just be kind and yeah. be nice to people. I mean, don't just do it in the gym. Do it everywhere else. I yeah. wholeheartedly agree. Uh, what are you giving the push to? Um, and the push this week for me is the television show Queer Eye. I absolutely <laughs> love Queer Eye. It's brilliant. Again, just on the uh, being nice to each other, like anyone who hasn't watched it, it's just the nicest show in the world. It's just for the, the premise, for if no one knows what it is, the Fab Five, Anthony, Bobby, Coromo, Jonathan and Tan, there we go, all five of them, who are four four gay men and one non-binary. Oh yeah. yeah. No, I learned that this I learned that this this series. I learned that Jonathan's non-binary. They go in and they turn around someone's life who's struggling. And by struggling, normally it's someone who's too invested in helping other people or their business or something. They just stop looking after themselves. They go in and they completely make over their life in the most caring way possible. 
Like they, they don't just do things they don't want to. Oh, it's brilliant. It just fills me with joy watching it. We, uh, myself and partner, have watched the whole series about three days, the new series. It's brilliant. I, um, I'm going to turn heel here. You don't like it, do you? It's not that. I like four of them. Okay. Who don't, who don't you like? I just don't know why Karamo's there. So I had this, I this. So it makes me laugh so much how different their weeks are. I tweeted this. So if you saw this already, apologies. Skip the two minutes. But like on one episode in particular, this series, they um they go to a woman who runs a charity for special needs animals, and then she brings in special needs children to do therapy with the animals. It's just the most amazing thing. And on this one, Bobby built a whole custom-built barn for 130 animals for her in a week. Anthony taught her how to cook cauliflower. That was their weeks. And it's just so different. And Karomo's there just for a chat, and that is it. I had this conversation with one of my mates who watched it, and he just said, I feel for Bobby as well, because Bobby does the most, and we don't see any of it. But my God, we don't miss a word of Karomo's chats, do we? He, Karamo comes in and he sort of, he sort of looks at them and you can just see him going, I am going to make you cry. Yeah. I'm going to yeah, break yeah. you down and build you up. And I saw one the other day because we watched the first one of the new series last night and Anthony <laughs> taught her how to make something, this lovely Texan woman that she already knew. Yes, yes. He watched her make her own, her grandma's banana loaf. She Basically. made the banana loaf. Then he he won't s- take that yet. Yeah, 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 yeah. He, he took yeah. her to a Swedish bakery and then watched her make it. And I thought, no, look, Tan, I want him to come and make me over. I think yeah. he's fantastic. Jonathan, possibly the nicest person out there. Yeah. Bobby, just a grafter. Karamo sits with his diary and writes things down. And Anthony just is like, here's something you already know how to make. So I love the show. But if it was the wait, fab, fab three, yeah, you know? wait till you get a few episodes in. There is a um, shot of Anthony washing the dog. It doesn't need to be in there. Completely topless. It's just the most homoerotic. I'm like, that doesn't need to be there. That's the most staged thing you've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, well, look, I, lo- I love the show. They're all very nice. And in the spirit of being kind, as we just said earlier, um, Karamo's not hurting anyone and nor is Anthony. And it gives them a gig. And I suppose it's fine. However, if they were having a division of labor, you know, who is the workhorse in that? If if they were if they were DX, you know, these are the ones on the edge who you could probably yeah. get rid of fairly early. Yeah. They're like NWO, they're NWO B team. Right. I am uh giving the push to hedgehogs. Yes, you saved one this week. You saved a hedgehog. I was leaving the library because I lead a thrilling life. <laughs> Sorry. That's it. character in the Enid Blyton book. Jack was leaving the library and he saved a hedgehog. Where are the rest of the famous five? I was leaving the library on my way to the Shire Hall to pick up some seagull... Oh, for God's sake! To pick up some seagull-proof bin sacks. And... (laughs) He's gone. Charlie's left. Charlie's left the recording. I can't do this anymore. And as I was coming round the back of the library on my way to pick up my seagull-proof bin sacks, this hedgehog wandered out into the road. And bless him, if you take one thing from this podcast that isn't wrestling-related, hedgehogs shouldn't be out in the daytime. 
So if yeah. you see the hedgehog in the daytime, they're probably poorly. They're probably not very well. So I picked up this snuffly little hedgehog, put him in the car. We've got a hedgehog hospital on the other side of Cornwall. So I drove sort of 40 minutes across country. I didn't know if the hedgehog would be disturbed by the radio. So I just turned the radio off and we sat in silence, me and this hedgehog, who had a respiratory infection. So it was a bit snuffly. And I, w- I went very British. So I said, they're there, hedgehog. We'll be there soon. And so I want to give a shout out to hedgehogs, put some food in the garden for them. You can find all the details online. Um, that's well worth doing. Uh, back to developmental. Forget hell in a cell. Forget elimination chamber. Forget thumbtacks. Forget barbed wire baseball bats. The most brutal thing you can do to another person is build a bed together. And that is going mm. back to developmental. Have you ever built a bed with your better half? I have, but just it was um, our bed was actually particularly easy to be fair but oh my god our wardrobe oh oh flat pack furniture that'll test you that'll test you i think that's really that should be in the vows it shouldn't be for better for worse for richer for poorer it should be for ikea for b&m for because what i love is the fact that you always start so polite you start Mm. no hold, hold on hold on just a minute hold on let me just Give me five minutes. I'll just look at the instructor. No, don't get that out. No, don't leave that. Leave, leave. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm going. You're on your own. And oh, we got through it. We got through it. But building beds is absolutely going to have to go back to developmental. Yeah, flat pack furniture in general is just. Yeah. I've got a desk at home that is still not quite right. But I've been building it for three hours with my dad, and I couldn't tell him it was wrong. So it just my my desk is wonky still to this day. I built it ten years ago. Yeah, and you sort of look and you go, "There's too many bits here." Like we had to flip yep. the whole bed over because we'd used two wrong nuts and we had to flip the whole thing and get it out. So building beds goes back to developmental. Anyway, let's bring this back to wrestling before we wrap up. Uh, we've had some surprise announcement for the men, uh, the women's Royal Rumble. Any names you think might be announced on SmackDown this week and who would you like to see make a return to WWE? Good question. Um, I hope none are announced before the fact. I hate that. Uh, who'd I like to see? Whether it's surprising, I'd like to see Champer in the Rumble. Um, like you said, I'd like to see him come up. Some years there's loads of people like being rumoured, isn't there? No one's really taken me by storm at the moment. I'm sure more will come in the next few weeks. But is anyone jumping out for you? I'm gonna give you one name from one of our listeners. Ryan says Bray Wyatt. Oh, bring him back. Could you get a bigger pop at the men's Royal Rumble than a Bray Wyatt return? No, you couldn't. That'd be huge. And if he came back, would he have to win the whole thing? Yes. Yes. You can't bring him back and have him eliminated. Yeah. Well, we shall see. That's uh, the topic of fantasy booking for next week. Charlie underscore Beckett, Jack underscore Murley on social media. Thank you for all the new folks joining us already uh, in 2022. Please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe. Word of mouth is the best way to keep this podcast growing. So if you are a wrestling fan, do not be shy. Tell people about what we do and get involved. Enjoy the rest of your wrestling week and we'll see you next time when we'll do it all again. But until then, bye bye. <laughs>